GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. to our daily gun show come to you live every weeknight at midnight eastern and we talk about guns for an hour or so each night we talk about a different or we have a different subject that way we can accomplish some things with our show we don't just go live for the sake of going live we're attempting to create and we're attempting to archive and we're attempting to shine light on things of value out there. We go live every weeknight because it's the only way to accomplish all of our goals. Uh, we could do it once a week and it'd be a lot easier. Probably work better for the recipes out there. Doesn't bother people so much. They have something to look forward to and that kind of thing. However, I've got a lot more stuff we want to add to the internet. And if we waited around and did stuff once a week, we'd never get it done. One of the things we like to focus on during the week is travel and training. We've been on the road for a long time, sharing our uh, gun community, our Second Amendment and what it protects. And uh, we've done quite a bit of training. And I think both of those are maybe equally as interesting, equally as important, equally as necessary for our community. So we spend Thursdays focusing on that. It's also a way to say thanks to the Patreons, the people that have supported our projects by subscription over the years and allowed us to do things like create resources online, to create projects that are focused on the Second Amendment, and then uh, to travel with a focus on our community with the gun museums, the gun shows, the gun shops, and some of the events out there, some rallies and some industry events along the way. And uh, that's what we like to feature on Thursdays is the, uh, the opportunities that we've had, Daily Gun Show uh, and the gun websites and uh, just as people with gun channels, uh, our experiences over the years being part of and sharing the community. So today, let's take a moment and talk about training. But unlike 
most firearms channels that would talk about preparedness and training for some unforeseen situation. Uh, we're going to open the perspective up from firearms training and include practical real life training. So if we focus on the uh, description of this video, I may turn this into a Substack blog post if people are interested. So I'm looking for some feedback on that. Uh, I look at the description of this video. And I guess I could screen share here. Let me bring Sharon in. Our guest screen Sharon is going to come in and open up the screen for us here. And then I'll take myself off the screen. Let me know if I'm still uh, got audio. So here we are looking at the video that we're looking at right now, the video that you are in if you're listening live. I don't know where the poll went, but there should be a poll over here. And we're going to zoom in. Is that poll gone? What happened to the poll? What happened to my poll? I put a poll over here. There it is. Uh, we have a poll going for the people that do join us live tonight. This show doesn't go out to the big channel, so only the Loyal Daily Gun Show subscribers and people that are interested in paying attention to the topics on Tuesdays and Thursdays are going to pay attention to these shows. So we do value the folks that show up live, and we give them a little bit more power than everybody else. They have the power to determine the results of this poll right here. Now, a lot of channels, they don't use the poll feature because, you know, it costs a lot of money. And uh, we've made an agreement with YouTube that for people that watch our shows live, the poll is absolutely free. So you're welcome to use the poll at no charge. And tonight's question is, if you choose to answer it, you'll be answering this question. What's the most important practical life skill to train for? Is it career and life? like literally being able to do what it is you do? Is it religion and civics? Is it interacting with uh, the big things in life and the, the, in, their, in each other with the other rest of the people out there? Is it medical, helping others and yourself? Or is it communication, being able to effectively interact with other people for all these different things and more? I don't think there's a right answer, but uh, I'm putting those four things out there tonight and vote on them if you want. If you don't, you'll get to be like a lot of people observing what other people do right now on the internet. All right, so let's dig into the description of this video. First, I'll take a moment to describe what's happening on the left side of the screen. Don't be alarmed because I'm shaking it around, but that is the live comments that are happening. There's people that show up at midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. on the decent coast, and uh, these are people that stayed up or decided to watch this instead of something else. We appreciate that. So let's take a quick hello to everybody. Krabby Turtles out there from Maryland, I believe. Gunpowder Beauty. I need to find out where you are, actually, with all these flowers. I'm not sure. So are you still at the address that I might have as the last address I sent you stuff at? Because I got some things to send you, but I'm not sure about the address. Then we've got uh, Sandhills, who had a show earlier today. Uh, conversation with a couple of New Jersey Second Amendment activists, uh, Teresa Inneker and Tony Simon. A decent conversation and uh, almost two hours long. Then we got Gizzard showing up from Kansas. Oh, that's Sandhills is in Nebraska, if you can't tell by the panhandle in his logo. 
And then we've got a gizzard showing up from a decent state without a panhandle, a state that's not trying to show off, just a regular old rectangle state the way a decent state is. And uh, gizzard hosts li live format gun-focused conversations each week. Thanks for doing that. Much appreciated. And then Zat Woods making a debut, coming in from the Pacific Northwest. I thought you had said something earlier. guess not. Um, I got a herd of mosquitoes coming in. I got water somewhere, standing water somewhere. I might have to take out the weed eater and take out a bunch of weeds at some point. Way too many mosquitoes right now. Um, Woods is saying career, most civics, religion, and communication are important, but the career determines your family's resources. I'm going to go back to the comments. I'll star that one. I can use the power of the stars to uh, star that one for later. And if anybody else has any other comments on the poll, feel free to uh, use the comments. That's why we value the live conversation that happens here, this interactive nature of the Internet. That's why I'm starring that conversation or that's that comment to chat about later. Well, I thought I was doing pretty good with my lungs, but it turns out as I started chatting here, because I hadn't been talking all day, it actually wearing me out pretty quick. But I'm doing all right. It's way better than yesterday. Slam myself into a corner like an idiot and I'm paying the price by being all smashed up. So it uh, turns out when you're old and you get smashed up, it hurts longer. Wait, hurts more and it lasts longer. And I didn't say nothing all day, so it's turning into uh, it's not necessarily painful. It's just annoying. I have to, like, sit. You know what? I'm going to sit in this other thing. I'm going to sit on this stool. Then I'll be setting up straighter. Maybe I can see the mosquitoes better from here. All right. Let's try this. So a lot of chats will, you know, hype you up or talk about the easy stuff, the stuff that they've already mastered. Everybody likes to act like they're training by doing what they've already done before. Um, other people just don't even realize there's more to it. Uh, and then some people prioritize weird stuff instead of practical things. So in this chat, what I'd like to do is take a practical look at skills for real life. And I believe these affect all of us as Second Amendment activists and gun owners, because if we can't exist good, then it's more difficult to do other things effectively right so let's dig in um i went through a couple of, i do research for this show i'm not like a lot of people who just wing it all the time sometimes i wing it but a lot of times i'll do some research for this show um so i did some research today i went through a couple of different places to uh, kind of harvest their um points or their ideas so this is by no means like a book or nothing but i may stub this into a what did i just call that thing a um Substack. I keep forgetting this thing. Substack is where the nerds keep their blogs. So it's just a blog, but a bunch of nerds hang out over here. So when you put stuff over here, like I did with this um, content, this information about the uh, 30 rounds of uh, ammo that are up for auction, I wanted to have a place to be able to put a picture of all the different boxes and explain all the different ammo and what know why they're in in the uh, collection and this doesn't really lend itself to a video or whatever so there you go i shove it over here onto substack i've done a couple of projects where i've pulled video stuff that's interesting and shoved it over here uh like this thing about the 50 bm or the 50 
Guncrafter Industries 50 GI uh, Glock 50 cals that uh, we see in a SHOT Show 2009. I tried taking that video and turning it into Substack. It turns out book nerds can't watch a video. It's beneath them, so they need to read everything. So I might shove all this information over there because I think I can shove some pictures and stuff in here and make it more interesting, maybe even some links. YouTube is fine. It's okay. But we can't put links in here. I mean, we can't even put anything in bold. I guess we can't put links, but we can't put anything in bold. We can't, you know, except for putting this little minus sign, very little formatting, and it's weak. I don't know why YouTube is so weak like this, but that's why I jump onto other places like this to just be able to put an enhanced version of the content up there. Of course, we have websites where all this stuff lives as well. So I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to put this. I might put this stuff on After Action. If I scroll down to the bottom of the today's comments, uh, After Action is the website that I built a long, long time ago. When I start, first started going to classes in the firearms you know, classes, I started appreciating them right away. I had been to a lot of firearms training, and when I started to experience what was available, I guess, starting in 2006, uh, I was sold. I was already putting stuff online, so I immediately put effort into putting all the classes I attended uh, into or onto the internet to archive what they were like for people who were unaware. And now in 2012, what is this, 2022? You know, that's pretty long time ago. It's like 16 years ago or whatever's worth of um, history online. So, I mean, I don't take classes every year or nothing, but I used to. So uh, after action is where we put this stuff, and that's where I probably will put this. But uh, I might put it somewhere else also. So I guess with all that being said, let's dig into it. Oh, there's AR guns. Hold on. Got a mosquito bite me right on my face. Ah. I'm getting swarmed by them. Uh, Ozzy's out there. Good evening. There's a lot of people showing up tonight. So uh, I don't know if it's just the full. Is it a full moon? Or if everybody's getting swarmed by mosquitoes like I am? Hold on. This thing down and wing this thing all around. Okay. So I don't know if everybody's got uh, something going on, keeping them awake, but thanks everybody for showing up. You didn't have to show up here, so you do appreciate it. Um, and again, we're talking about practical life skills, right? Training that's more than just whatever gun training. So let's dig into it. I put, tried to put these in some order as I was uh, accumulating them. And feel free to challenge or have issue with my order here or my, my, my priorities. But I did try to put them in some priority. Now, when you should get this training is a good question. You know, I'm old, so I don't think about the other side of the equation when you're first starting out anymore. I think I was, uh, I definitely know I was lucky enough to have things like scouts and older people who had done some stuff and gave me good advice so that I took advantage of stuff like training and making a lot of failures when I was a little kid so that I got them out of the way and realized that, you know, how to move on from that. Um, and that's something that I don't know if you can force a kid to do it, but I think you're, you got to throw it down in front of the kid. You got to give them the option to do it. Right. So I'm thinking of some of this as adults taking up some of this, but feel free to look at it from the perspective of a parent or a, a concerned older person who's uh you know, mansplaining to some little kid. So with that, we'll dig in. It's episode 1,369. Don't get scared just because we've done 1,369 episodes of this show before. 
we uh, treat every show like it's the first show. Holy crap, Mr. Knives showed up. This one time I was I was uh, doing a storage auction. I'll take a little sidebar here. And I had, you know, was putting a bid on in a storage auction. And I put in a bid of $1. Because all it was was these boxes and boxes and boxes. And everybody was as scared that the boxes would be empty. So I put in a $1 bid. And then everybody else was as scared to bid. So everybody else quit bidding. And I got the auction. Or I mean, I got the storage locker. And this was a full-size storage locker, basically the size of a two-car garage, you know, with a garage door and everything, full of boxes. You couldn't even get in there. There were so many boxes. And I think a lot of people thought it was going to be garbage and that they would have to throw away all that stuff. But I was like, I'm going to look through that stuff. I'm going to find out there's something good in there. One dollar. Turns out that entire two-car garage worth of storage unit was filled with premium chocolate bars, brand-name chocolate bars. It's amazing. So, uh... Let's move into tonight's topic. Um, I started out with some basic stuff like communication, first aid, movement, uh, entry, which is kind of movement, uh, electronics. And then I kept moving because I didn't like this format. And I just decided to call it more than just firearms training options. And then I started with practical skills. Then we get into career life plans religion and civics, cooking, medical, health is in there, same thing, home repair, gardening, vehicle, defense, communication, and then I got some basics down here. So for basics, and this is maybe where I was thinking, because you know, I had so much time to put into the, you know, the the research for these shows, but I was thinking maybe this would be more of like mansplaining to some young and um, things that they'd want to do to kind of do general life skills. What the heck is all this? Seriously, what's going on over here? I guess this is important. Hold on. Um, so these last ones, I guess, would be, or these basics might be for like, a young, like if you're going to mansplain to some young. Um, so we just got interrupted by one of the people on the gun website shooting team. The reason it's called that and not me, because there's like eight of us or something, technically. That's one of the dudes that's been to more shot shows. Anybody you know, that dude who just texted me has been to more shot shows than them. And there's only one person you might know who's been to more shot shows than him. But anyway, uh, and then, you know, besides me, but uh, that guy just texted me an old ass thing off of Reddit. So even people that should know better are still finding old, old things and passing them around. Anyway, so uh, the basics, cycle of work, I think that's super critical. Understanding what work is all about getting appreciated and so having value in the work that you provide but also understanding where you fit in the big scheme of things a lot of people don't understand capitalism and just work in general right they think a lot of uh anyway we got self-sufficiency so working is important in the united states in 2022 i think self-sufficiency is always important right problem solving Again, this isn't like you go to class to learn problem solving, but you can decide what to do with your time and you can decide what resources to invest in so that the people you care about understand and, you know, 
accomplish problem solving, right? Confidence. I really think the internet is good for this. So there's a lot of people that watch the internet and observe, but the people that use the internet, I believe gain a lot of confidence and understanding. And then finally independence in so many ways, right? And thanks to a lot of the people out here that show us and prove us that independence is a basic, right? And that it's, it's uh, something that you do not get to choose. And if you are gonna be the type where when life decides to give you a lemon and you gotta sit around for a, a long time figuring out that you have the option of making lemonade, you're not, as, you're not in the same place as somebody who's got their head in the game and understands that not everything goes our way all the time and that we're not limited by uh, certain things that back in the day people would have been limited by. Uh, then I added some separate things here, some math for real life. I got that. I stole that. I horked that off of somebody. But then I added knots for real life. Knots and math are the same thing, in case you didn't know it. Um, and then computers for real life. And computers and communication is effectively the same thing. So I think those would probably be good books for somebody to write or actually some kind of like small manual, like some sort of a booklet type of workbook. These would be great workbooks because each of like if I add communication to that, each of those is critical. So this is sort of some critical stuff. And now we'll go back and talk about some specifics. There's not really that many, so I don't know how long we'll go here. Now I'm feeling it in the lungs. It's not really the lungs. It's all the muscles that surround my one lung. I've uh, decided to get all sore. I put my arm in a sling today thinking that would be a good idea. And then people that I said that to were like, oh, you're going to get all tight, tighten. You're like, arm's going to get all tight. And now you're, it's going to hurt. It didn't hurt. I think it was a better thing to do. <clears throat> what about water? That's a good question. I'm not sure what you mean by that, but I didn't put anything in here about like swimming, you mean, or like figuring out water, how to get water. That's a good point. I'll have to add that. I think I can technically, I'm not like some people who are scared to edit the video that we're in. So everybody hold on to something because we're about to edit the video that we're watching right now. It's, it's happening. So I just turned the video that we're watching inside out and we're literally inside of the video that we're watching right now. It's a little weird. It's kind of like the videos inside out. And a lot of people are scared to do this, but I'll do it. I don't care. So I think that's a great idea. Let's put water in here as far as, hmm, where do you put learning how to swim? I mean, that's pretty basic. But uh, I don't really have physical fitness in here, so I'm going to put that in here. That's probably because I'm lazy. Let's see. So see, spelling is one that I'm not a big, big advocate of. Let the computer spell for me. And then we'll put in here learning slash mastering swimming. And then guess what I'm going to put in here? Uh, life saving. Because if you go around swimming and you're not able to help somebody else, aren't you useless? Um, and then learning diet and exercise right and talk about what part of the world would there what part of history would it be better to deal with diet and exercise i mean we may not have like 
Star Trek level, here's the one recipe for everybody. But, uh, and you just replicate whatever you want for that recipe. But we got about as close to that as you can get. You can decide what meal plan you want and like order it off of Amazon and it just shows up in your, you know, as you're about to be hungry for it. All right, so I put career and life plans as the first thing. I got to go back to whatever Wood said because I think we might be on the same track there, maybe not. But uh, I put in, wait a minute, Pink or Marco? What are we talking about here? What am I missing? Oh, mosquitoes are the nine millimeters of bugs. Interesting. Interesting. I feel like somebody's getting the advantage there, but they are both useless. Internet training. Interesting. Where didn't you have something start? I guess there it is. Career most. Civics, religion, and communication are important, but the career determines your family's resources. So I put career, and then I guess it should be really slash life plans. Because I think if you, you're you not doing yourself a service just as an individual, especially if you're a youngin or if you're whatever age, if you don't have some goal, right? If you don't got a couple of goals maybe or some directions, and you can have those by knowing where you don't want to be anymore. You don't have to necessarily know exactly where you're going, but you can know where you don't want to be, right? You can know where it's a good idea to not be and then go in a direction that ain't those places. So having plans and then the idea that having some time frame with that so that you're not just wandering or treading water. I think that's also useful as an activist, but also just as somebody living in 2022, anybody that's treading water in 2022, come on, man. It's like so much good stuff to be doing right now. I'd say it's just worth it to your own whatever, just to have some place, a direction or whatever. So I'm going to start off with manners and culture because manners are just whatever's cool at the time where you're standing but i'm pretty sure picking your nose is different in like seven different continents and slapping somebody on the back of the head is different in like eight of those continents and i don't know waving at somebody with one finger or a different finger you know it's all going to matter to different cultures and stuff so people that get all upset about certain things are either super selfish or don't understand other cultures so understanding other cultures i think gives you just an open, more open mind. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm just offering this out there. I'm not saying I'm an expert on all these things. But uh, manners, uh, I think you're an idiot if you don't learn your kids' manners, right? Because then it's just an uphill battle. They're, they're constantly petting cats the wrong way, right? Like, you're not going to go through life very good if you don't know which way to pet a cat or a dog. Um, then we got relationships and friendships. Is it inappropriate to suggest that these should be paid attention to and not just assumption assumed that they'll come along. I think that uh, we're better off when we have deliberate relationships and friendships instead of having, well, we got family. We don't get much choice there, except for, I guess, who we marry, right? But uh, the rest of the family is an opportunity to understand what it's like to be connected with others who don't, who aren't ourselves, right? So there's lots of opportunity and and good stuff in families but then the friendships and relationships are an opportunity to choose and it's not like the olden days where when we were little kids at least you know we only had to we only were able to be friends with the kids in our neighborhood we couldn't go online and be friends with somebody else nowadays kids can go online and be friends with each other based off of some interest or whatever and that's good or bad but again it 
can be aware we can be aware of that and you can do it with intent versus settling for what's available right or just not paying attention to that and i think that uh when we're talking about online you know as adults letting there was just a situation i'm just going to say there was a situation today where when people allow weirdos and people that are weird to hang around they just distract and get in the way and it's just weird it's like letting somebody who farts all the time it's like oh that's that guy that farts all the time and now we're letting him into the gun shop and then now they're farting all the time in here. It's like, you know, it's not like it's illegal for you to come in, but how about if you're going to come in here, you quit farting all the time, guys? That kind of thing. Um, water collection, water filtering, water safety, cleaning, and water storage. Yeah, I think those are, well, super crucial for sure. Um, but as far as practical skills and stuff, right off the bat, let's assume that your parents are going to give you water and, you know, that kind of thing. I think as soon as we get into some of the more actual skill sets, I'm going to throw water in here. That's a good point. This is pretty basic, and no matter what level of chaos or anti-chaos we got going on, uh, we should be able to make good decisions about water and then be drinking the hell out of it, right? Uh, let's see. So then we've got learning from failure, and I put that in there. It's like right at the top because I think a bunch of people don't know what it's like to fail or are so scared to not fail that they don't ever do anything important or anything at all. And think about everything we ever do. It's from attempting and failing and learning and doing more and then getting an appetite for the more, right? So learning to fail, I think, is critical. Time management is super important, especially with the with the options that everybody's got. And I think that that's something that's probably different. The same way that it's different that what you know we learn in our manual of arms with a stupid plastic and aluminum nine millimeter gun, than what our great grandparents learned with a wooden and iron gun that had a little bit of brass on it and a completely different manual of operations. Right, so at a time when they had to walk places and nothing was on computers and you had to wait for things for months and weeks and everybody was used to that, the world was different and they had different time management. So why would we learn time management from our grandparents? It might be interesting to learn what their time management was like, but learning time management from successful people in the modern world is probably a skill set that's useful at the early time so that you can do all this other stuff effectively. Uh, managing money is a pretty good idea, and choosing a job. I think that's what Woods was saying earlier. And I don't know. I think that is worth putting in here because you're right. It's all about time. And the more you spend, the more time you spend doing things you don't want to do versus things you need to do or want to do, that's a level of your right effectiveness or your frustration or whatever. And I can only go from my experience and what I see others dealing with, with job selection and dealing with money, unless you specifically seek out that kind of education as a young and it's not, it's not there for you. It's not like required or nothing. I think maybe I had to take a class on checkbooks or something. So that's why I blame my bad business ability off of my high school. All right. Then I added the physical fitness diet, right? It all starts with what you shove in your hole. The, the hole up here where you're talking out of. And then exercise, because I guess you could eat nothing and be not fat, but you're not going to be in shape. So in order to be in shape, you need to exercise to the extent you're, you know, that you 
the way that you can, you do. And everybody's different there. And there's all kinds of ways to change mammals around. So, you you know, again, we live in 2022 where lots and lots of stuff's been tried and, and figured out. And people have not just figured out interesting things, but they've learned how to figure out things when necessary. So I don't think there's any excuse you could come up with, any circumstances or anything that you couldn't find uh, somebody to help with some sort of a way to exercise in lots of different ways. Of course, physical exercise, but, you know, mental and uh, societal, all these different ways that we can exercise these different skills that we're talking about here uh, can all be, du what's the word, like duplicate or uh, you can be doing things at the same time. You know, if you're going to be learning something, well, go outside and do it. If you're going to be doing something, book on tape, go walk around, do it, you know, get some exercise while you're doing it. So you can incorporate more than one of these things at the same time, right? Um, let's see. How about, aren't we able to say, how about critical thinking and top 10 fallacies to understand faulty arguments? Now you might as well talk to, to Woods. He's going to bring something up about that too. So as far as like, um, like learning how to think or something, I probably could put that in here. Um, understanding philosophy is that the way to say it like and it's kind of religion uh and i have that one coming up here so i think i'll put it in here under understanding i'm going to put in here should i put understanding philosophy i might just put them under the same thing so i might actually have it in here now that i think about it i just had it kind of from a different angle i think and you never have to learn how to spell because robots will spell for you all right so um Let's see. So exercises, like I say, hopefully multifaceted or whatever, or like applied to other things. Same as diet. Like you don't have to go around worrying about a diet all the time as long as you just don't sit around eating nachos all the damn time. Uh, let's see. Then learning and mastering swimming. I think that's a good idea. And then life-saving in a boat or in regular. It's probably a good idea when you're talking about physical fitness because whatever age you are learning how to run around and do things, you're probably going to fall down or fall off of something. Somebody else might right in front of you and learning how to be a lifesaver just gives, I, I don't know. When did, let me put this out there for the people that are watching live. You might not have thought about this, but you're going to get quizzed. So in addition to the poll, because there is a poll going right now, uh, at what age did you learn lifesaving? So like answer with something like at age whatever, you know, or like I learned life-saving at, because we might have other questions that you might want to put something, an answer to. So if you're interested in sharing, what age did you learn, first learn life-saving techniques? I'm going to say probably Cub Scouts. So I don't know what age you are in Cub Scouts, but I think is that fifth grade or something? So however old you are in fifth grade. I don't know what that is, but that's for me. I think fifth grade. And that was pretty basic, but like, hey, if your friend falls over, here's how you go run and tell an adult. Or like, hey, if you're screwing around and you're up bleeding all over the place, jam something on all that blood and go and tell somebody. You know, it's baby for a little kid first aid. But still, I think we uh, started getting it in, in Cub Scouts. Uh, and I don't remember if they did it in school. I know they taught us to jump out in the hallway if the bomb hit us. That, we did have that a couple of times as a little kid, but it was never like, and then here's how you stop your friend from dying. Like it was just, you know, jump in the hallway and you'll be fine.
So then we got uh, religion and civics. So options, first off, I don't think, I think most people would agree that you want to understand what everybody else has got going on. You don't have to like dig it, but you have to understand what they got going on. Otherwise, you just don't really get what they're doing. Awareness. And I think there's a bunch to that. I forgot what I was going to put in here for awareness, but um, probably kind of hand in hand. But when we're talking like civics and religion, we're talking things that bring people together for greater purposes than themselves. People that want to work together for things that can't be accomplished by the individual. So some of it requires a bunch of tradition and some of it requires some uh, more current traditions or like more focused area of interest, right? Like, a, you know, think of like a moose organization or the Kiwanis or 4-H or um, a search and rescue or VFW hall. I think of those as civic organizations, organizations that bring people together that often do service projects and or raise funds for people that need it or groups that need it. And then are typically non-religious or non-denominational. Often they'll meet in a in a church or something because they need the space. But you know what I mean. Wheel of Sand Eagle Scout at sixteen, Army at nineteen. Interesting. I forget. I definitely didn't do Eagle at sixteen, but I I went in early, so I might have been in the Army at sixteen. Um, let's see. So having that awareness and those options, um, that's one thing that Scouts gives you, and I think was one of the better things that Scouts gives you, and. Uh, is reverence uh, an understanding that people are allowed to have whatever religion they want and part of that means that they got to deal with whatever religion you want or lack of and dealing with that and uh when well when you're around a bunch of different people who have different fundamental positions and you don't hide that but you bring it up and create it as part of what your organization is literally based on the understanding and awareness and appreciation of each other's cultures and understanding each other not agreeing but understanding then what you create is a situation where it's not a weapon it's not used against each other and at least that's my experience with it from learning and as a young and then being uh, uh, ex exposed to it at least you know being some having some experience not like being exposed to it then we got understanding and philosophy and i'm going to say like you can be aware of stuff and you can know the options but then understanding and i don't think you learn that i think that comes from practice of these other two once you learn and understand once you become aware and know with time comes understanding, application with time and experience, right? So understanding and then philosophy, I think is probably similar. And then I'd suggest that at some point, older siblings get the opportunity, scouts creates the, the infrastructure to create coaching and teaching, uh, sports probably does, I don't know. And then, uh, you know, other things like 4-H and trying to think like whatever, Kiwanis, that's a thing for kids, right? Like these, these organizations that exist give kids the opportunity to teach each other, let the older kids teach the younger kids and that kind of thing. And lots and lots of benefit there. And I think that uh, for just, uh, you know, the bigger picture, being able to teach and understanding what's involved in teaching allows you to be a better student going forward. And 
lets you empathize, empathize, whatever, with, uh, you know, bad teachers and and lets you get through without getting glitched on every uh, every issue that you might encounter while you're being trained. Because as a youngin, you're going to get trained a lot. And then as an older person, uh, without any kind of structure and under and t being taught, right? And that comes from teaching, I think. Then uh, again, you can be just more, much more efficient with your understanding and your uh, comprehension with with being a student. And then every once in a while, it's a good idea to teach stuff. Uh, teach your understanding of uh, area of interest or a skill set and you get that experience and then it reemphasizes the things that you know and thought you knew and, and definitely know and then you get all the experience from the students asking questions and stuff so I think teaching and having experience teaching is important and siblings get that older siblings you know are often got that personality because they just by whatever nature, right, are teaching their young brothers and sisters stuff. And uh, I don't know, I'm sure parents, I, I was, I didn't have that situation, so I don't know, but uh, I'm sure parents, you know, are aware of that and do what they can. But in as far as just, you know, if you're writing a list of what you should uh, include, I think definitely having teaching in there. And again, I think it's like exercise, you're going to have that in there so many times that it's going to get you're going to get the uh, understanding of how to teach by repetition and by doing it all the time. Then we get to community and understanding your community is easy. Everybody does that. What we don't do often is on reach out to understand other communities. And we got a shit ton of them. Awesome ones in this country. There's like six that are lame and then everything else is freaking awesome. And we figured out how to do all this cool stuff next to each other, amongst each other, like puzzle pieces where some of us reach around and up and back and forth into each other's communities and stuff. So lots of fun stuff, lots of sharing and lots of opportunities for the competition and the camaraderie and the collaborations that uh, exist when we foster that kind of, you know, mixing pot, whatever mentality. So religion and civics, some people will look at it as let's learn what everybody does so we can isolate and hate and shit, but it's just as easy to spend that time figuring out how to share and understand and communicate. So community, again, it's something that it's not just happens. We don't just come out as babies learning how to hang out with each other in a great way. So practice and um, uh, emphasis, you know, intent gives that one a, a, a skill set. And then obviously as that gets bigger and encompasses more people and bigger issues and other stuff, then we get into laws and governments. Obviously that's a whole nother thing. You could become a lawyer or a cop or something, but we all have to be civic and understand that stuff. So this is a giant one. I don't need to go into it. We all know, but I think that fits, you know, somewhere in here becoming just a decent, person who's got some goals and then getting yourself physically able to accomplish those goals, figuring out that you're not going to be doing those alone and how you're going to interact with the other people and how they plan to interact with you based on what they're learning and your awareness of that, right? So that's sort of the concept we got going on here. And I don't think this is all, you can't really throw some of this stuff on a little kid because for some reason they don't want to understand the stuff when they're little probably. But you can definitely get them the diet stuff and the, the understanding that their choices have, you know, consequences and that kind of stuff. 
So then we get into cooking. I think that one's often overlooked, but a lot of people like to think, well, I can buy a lot of dehydrated shit or some powdered crap or some stuff in a can and somehow I'm going to still live. Um, nobody that I'm aware of actually puts their money where their mouth is and eats all that powdered crap or the dehydrated junk for a month because you die and it's all just salt and uh, cholesterol, right? Like, so I don't think regular people eat that stuff on a regular basis. Try to eat that stuff for any length of time. Unless you're hiking 40 miles a day or something, you're probably just going to die. You're going to get like, what is that? Glucose poisoning or diabetes or both and then just die. So figuring out how to cook is useful for if you figure I might have to, you know, know this stuff in the crazy circumstances. And when you have to do stuff in crazy circumstances and all you got is the uh, dehydrated junk that you bought, um, you're going to want an onion. You're going to want like a tomato or some kind of pepper that you find out there. Those are the things you're going to be able to grow the easiest or peppers. Yeah, tomato, depending on where you live, but onion, you know, is easy to grow. Garlic is pretty simple to grow. Parsley and carrots, you know, that'll give you some flavor if you eat the tops of those, a carrot, a root. So understanding how to cook a root, a turnip or one of them gross things, or like a potato. Um, potatoes are a lot easier said than done. Like, oh, I'm going to grow a potato. Yeah, right. In real life, things also want to eat your potatoes. Guess what? Other things like eating potatoes. So unless you get pretty good at it, unless you practice growing potatoes, you ain't just growing potatoes because you feel like it. You're growing potatoes for a bunch of rabbits, maybe, or a bunch of shitty potatoes that bugs are going to eat. Uh, but you ain't just going to just start growing stuff. So cooking is probably a skill that um, you get the opportunity at least a couple of times a day to work on it. And I think it's also one of those things where if you're deliberate with certain acts, it helps you to understand the concept of being deliberate. And if you go on autopilot and just let things happen, let international corporations and their marketing decide what you're going to put in your hole, then you're going to have consequences with health and, you know, energy and ambition and all that kind of stuff, uh, ability to make do in the future. If you, you know, you figure out some kind of healthy Twinkie is the way to go and you eat healthy Twinkies for your whole life and then all the situation changes and you can't get a supply of healthy Twinkies, have you effectively hobble your ability to consume food. So I think cooking and being aware of cooking is a, an, a, it's an opportunity to understand other people's communities and other people's um, traditions and things like that. And then it's uh, an opportunity to figure out what you might like in case things get gross and you have to eat things that are disgusting. And uh, when you got to make a choice, which one do I grab, the turnip? or the onion you know what when you've already eaten both you're gonna like knowing ahead of time which one you'd rather have uh, let's see skills and techniques have more fun if you know how to cook um i go back and forth i'm old so sometimes i like cooking and sometimes i didn't like cooking so much but once you know how to cook at least you got the opportunity right so i would recommend everybody learn how to cook and then if you don't like it then don't but at least you know how understand and diet probably the same thing like you might understand diet, but have you dieted before? Like, doesn't matter if you're thin or not. Like, try a different diet. Like, I don't know why so many people think, well, what I'm doing is the right way to go. How do you know? Like, try something else. Try one of them juice diets. Try some keto diet. Try some other diet and see what happens. And if nothing else, you'll learn from a failure or you might key, on, key in on some things that, one, you like to eat or that you didn't realize existed. 
and maybe in the process you meet somebody new or you find a new restaurant or a new place. So again, doing things with intent, doing things deliberately, especially when you're talking about the distance between your fork and your mouth. Come on, you can't control anything else on the planet unless you're in prison. You can't control anything else on the planet more than you can control what you shove in your hole. So uh, taking control over that is powerful. And that's where you get into discipline. So I'm not going to uh, preach or nothing, but, you know, everybody's got their own decisions to make and stuff. And again, super easy to, uh, you know, talk about or make the decision about what you're going to put in your head. Um, sharing and community. And uh, I think I meant here the same idea of like learning the different ways of cooking, going to different restaurants, uh, cooking something and sharing it with people, fruitcakes or uh, casseroles or whatever gross thing you come up with and you don't want to eat it. So you make somebody else eat it and you act like you gave it to them. Uh, you know, you got all that stuff going for you. Plus you got to eat every day or else you die and you got animals. So if you cook and you do something horrible, your dog will probably still eat it. Cats won't, but your dog probably will. Let's see, let's make it out of chocolate or something. The dogs are poisonous. Um, oh, snap. Knowing what's poisonous or toxic are definitely good to know. So thank you very much. I'm going to have to open up a new window because I'm going to hork that without typing it. So we're going to open that up and shove it over here and take a look at the poll. How is the poll doing? Uh, 13 votes. 38. We got a tie. 38%. For both career and life plans and medical, 15% for communication, and 8% for religion and civics as the most important practical life skill to train for. Now I got the hiccups. So I opened this up so we can take a look at the poll, but also I'm horking Gunpowder Beauty's uh, point here. Uh, knowing what plants are poisonous or toxic definitely good to know so i'm not typing that so i'm just going to come over here and do a control c go back over to the description of the video oh you can't feel this but it just got cool here so that's how it works in arizona it's probably about to rain so some kind of cooler air just decided to come through <sighs> might as well be somebody turned on the air conditioning wow it went from like a hair dryer blowing at me to somebody just left the door to the bathroom open Really nice, really nice. All right, knowing what plants are poisonous. Very good point. And that's something, I'm going to put it under cooking. I think you could probably put it under like wilderness or something, but I'm going to throw it under cooking because of peanuts. You don't, you know that there's somebody who hangs out in these chats that could die if you gave them a peanut Snickers. So how messed up is that? So uh, just be aware that not everybody's living the same life and whatnot. And great, great point. Uh, also, knowing what to do if somebody starts dying from a Snickers bar in front of you. Do you know what to do if somebody starts dying from a Snickers bar? Grab a pen and jam it. In the, no, I'm just sitting. But you should know what to do. Or maybe you don't have to, but uh, maybe look into it so you don't have to like memorize it, but you are you know master it. But being able to understand it uh, is probably worth knowing. All right, so. Um, Hulkweed is a great to have if you ever get bit by a brown recluse. I don't know what that is. I'm hoping to start a small raised garden research and viability in my living situation. I'm a super big fan of raised bed gardens. 
keeps the gardens up out of the pests and stuff, makes it a little harder for like rabbits and garbage to get at them, but uh, makes it easier for your knees and everybody to, to like work on them. It, depending on your location, it can be decent with the water. Um, Cause sometimes it can help to keep it from getting soggy other places like here. I have to worry about it a little bit. It's probably like a little bit less good for water out here in the desert, but a uh, big fan of them especially when you research the things that you're doing, like potatoes versus tomatoes, for example, where potatoes would want a much different, you know, infrastructure in there, a different kind of, you'd want like a bunch of leaves and debris to grow your potatoes in as compared to dirt or something. So yeah, raised beds, I'm a big fan of them. Uh, also learning what to put together in the gardens versus what to keep apart. Some things literally hate each other, but other things will repel each other's uh, pests. So uh, sometimes you can put like mint next to something and the mint will keep the pest away from the other thing. Um, Pulkweed, I don't know what it is, but sometimes also knowing what the common local good stuff is, is worth letting it grow wild in your garden or in the corners of your yard or whatever. Uh, Gunmail saying I haven't heard polk in a while, polk salad. I have no idea what that is. I think I have heard of polk salad before, but I assume that was a joke or some kind of fake thing. Lost 75 pounds from May to last week. Nice. So uh, well done. We're all better when we're healthier, right? Like we're just better off. Uh, potato chips are a bad idea. I'm pretty sure I heard somebody saying that potatoes are like the worst of the glutens. So fried potatoes are probably the worst of the worst. Although... You know, if you smeared them around in bacon, it'd be even worse. So if you got like potato chips and then you wrapped them in bacon and then you put cheese on them and then you put deep fried batter on them and then you deep fried them and then you ate them, that'd be worse. So eating them by themselves is not as bad as that. My parents tried to cut them all out and I blocked. So definitely got to. Oh, you're talking about uh, the poke, I think. You can definitely start a fire from potato chips, or at least you can light a potato chip on fire like a candle. Yes. All right. So after cooking, we're getting into medical. And since we're in about an hour now, I'm going to take a drink of this coffee. And we're going to talk about what me and Tony and Clover do on Saturdays, which is... AskGunQuestions.com is a website that we built back in 2007, and since then, for the last 15 years, people have been able to ask questions of simple to advanced nature, and we attempt to answer them in different ways over the years. Join us now as we start a new series to answer gun questions. All right, so now we'll dig into medical. I'm a big fan of medical. Um, I asked earlier at what age did people learn life-saving techniques or when did they learn um, medical training? <clears throat> Ow, I coughed and that hurt a lot. Um, I don't see anybody answering that one. So maybe nobody's learned. Don't, don't pass out in front of these people. I don't think any of them have any medical training. Um, it's okay. You didn't have to, you weren't obligated to have any medical training in order to join the chat tonight. But if that's true and no one has any medical training, then it's a good opportunity to think about getting some medical training. I read in an article a long, long time ago, and I like it. If you can't remember, it's a, a, word, a 
what's this? The, um, okay, I'll just say, if you can't remember the name, the first name of your last first aid instructor, it's time to take another first aid class. Uh, it's an old wives tale or an old word, word of rule of thumb. That's what I was looking for. It's an old rule of thumb. And I thought that was a pretty cool way to judge if you can remember the stuff from your class, you can probably remember the first name of the instructor. But once you can't name, remember the first name of the instructor anymore, you probably aren't remembering all the details of that class. So that's kind of a good gauge. I learned this or I heard that as I was studying one time, I was supposed to be studying, I was reading a magazine and uh, it had to be in the 90s. So it was a long time ago. And I thought to myself, I remember Tim, so it's, I don't need my training or whatever. And I didn't really thought about it, but then, you know, as time went on, I started to think about that every once in a while. It's true, you, you forget things and you don't know what you forget. So that's a good gauge. And uh, I guess what I was gonna also say is when you up train, when you go back to learn the new, the skills again, what you find out is the skills have evolved. So you're, you're up training, you're, you're re, you're re, certifying you're getting more knowledge or different knowledge so in other words uh taking a class uh, too often isn't necessary it's not like you're going to be better at medical because you took the class more often you get better at medical by experience on the job training just like anything you get better at medical by practicing by going to first aid meets right go into places where you can practice the, the skills um, but short of that, uh, the, the training or whatever uh, is, or I mean, to gauge if you can remember the, you know, the, the content of the training would be to remember the name of the instructor. All right. With that being said, um, we'll dig into, I see a bunch of stuff happening. I'm going to have to start time managing my stuff here. Otherwise, we're going to be here all night because we're already an hour in. So just going to whip through some of the medical stuff and then I'll jump back over because there's a lot of medical comments coming in, I guess. So I think this is where they start. I think you have questions for us. Oh, we definitely have questions this week. Uh, let's see. So uh, medical training and application. Um, getting medical training can't start too young. Little kids need to know about direct pressure and when to go tell an adult and just what not to do because there's gonna be consequences. Um, I have no idea how you do that, but I'm sure some of it just happens and sometimes it's opportunity, but uh, certain things, you're not gonna wait for an opportunity for a broken leg. You're not gonna wait for an opportunity for someone to stop breathing. You're not gonna wait for an opportunity for a drowning, right? You're not gonna wait for an opportunity for a burn. You're not going to wait for an opportunity for things that could cause harm. So you're going to want training. So as soon as a kid can handle it, I'm going to suggest taking training. And then as soon as the kids learn something, have them start teaching his dolls, her dolls, her toys, have them teach their siblings, have them teach other whatever, make a video. Oh, it's probably a lame thing, but, you know, do something so that the kid starts teaching. Uh, it's going to teach good to the kids in the long run, but it also gets that knowledge in there and they own it. Um, as far as a regular human adult getting the training, uh, consider on the job ride alongs. So you can, there's nothing stopping you from taking enrolling in a course at the local community college for EMT uh, or getting in the EMT, whatever they call it, like pipeline 
you don't have to follow through. You're allowed to go in and um, take courses that are preparatory or take courses that you meet the prerequisites for. And if being in that area allows you to go on ride-alongs, then take that opportunity. Uh, knowing something is not the same as putting it into exercising it. Knowing something is great, but knowing something and watching experts apply it in front of you in real life, that's priceless. Um, I can't put a price on my ride-alongs. I've done ride-alongs with cops. I've done ride-alongs with um, ambulance ambulances. So uh, there's no way to put a price on them. The worst ones were, you know, ultimately worthwhile. The best ones were insane. So ride-alongs are awesome, and you will get an experience that you can't imagine. Uh, unless you live somewhere in the middle of nowhere, but I can't imagine. There's never so many people, there's no, never so much money laying around that emergency services are just bored. Uh, it's almost always just enough people to, you know, to deal with the circumstances that are going on and they're always hustling. So if you start doing ride-alongs in 2022, I'm assuming they still do them. I can't even imagine how useful and interesting that would be for your personal knowledge. And uh, you might find that you find a career that you're interested in. You might find out that uh, being a part-time EMT is something that you can use to give back or to, to get fulfilled or to get you to the next level or to just make a couple of bucks. Maybe being some kind of, um, what do they call them, operators or the 911 people, 911 receptionists. So on the job training ride-alongs, get us part-time job at a local place even a phlebotomy place where those vampires do those undercover jobs or undercover businesses where they act like they're buying plasma off of people to keep the vampires in business go work for one of those places assuming they don't bite you and make you into a vampire you're going to learn all about medical procedures probably a bunch of shit about blood that nobody wants to know about and uh you know you're around medical people so next cpr training it's a given. It's pretty much the easiest thing to do. You probably do it for nothing. Stop the bleed is the easiest thing, and you can do that for nothing. Um, it's anti-gun, so I got to put that out there, but everybody likes it, so I guess everybody's going to lean a turn away from the anti-gun part of it, but stop the bleed is worthy. There should be a pro-gun version of stop the bleed. Faster saves lives would be an equivalent. Let's just go ahead and put in a link to faster saves lives since we're talking about it so fasters is uh whatever you call it for faculty and system administrator emergency response so practical violence response training for basically the entire facility of a institutionalized learning facility so like a school's janitors and everybody else not just the teachers. So take one of their courses. They're about to be here in Arizona. It might cost something, but is there a better uh, place to spend money to learn than an organization that's um, empowering educators and their support staff? All right, so next would be wilderness medicine. There's a couple of ways to take this one. So in this case, I'm thinking wilderness EMT. Uh, beyond basic first aid and beyond basic um, uh, cert, cert credentials in, in the medical field, 
Uh, there's almost always caveats. You can even get wilderness doctor, I think. So there's wilderness nurses, there's wilderness paramedics. I'm pretty sure there's wilderness EMTs, I know. So basically it's just being able to do things in austere conditions. So anybody can do things when you're sitting in an ambulance or you're sitting in an emergency room, unless you're feeble, you're gonna be able to handle, you know, with ultimate resources, almost anybody can do things. So when you don't have ultimate resources, you have no resources or you have to improvise, uh, wilderness medicine becomes pretty interesting. It's also the concept of anybody can do anything when you're around the corner from the emergency room or you have like a, a refrigerator full of all the plasmas that the vampires didn't want. And in real life, if you're out in the middle of nowhere and you know that it's a while before you get to a communication thing that can even get the helicopter, so it's gonna be hours for this person, whole different level of medicine. So military and uh, some some educators there end up doing this level of medicine. But this kind of stuff, again, it can be a pursuit that gives you awareness just by pursuing it, but it can also potentially be something that you just find really interesting. There's very few people that pursue it and useful for the world uh, getting out there and understanding that stuff. Um, but then there's the other kind of wilderness medicine, and that would be understanding what plants and mushrooms and different minerals and shit, like all the stuff that the hippie cavemen used to do when they were being hippies. So, you know, there's a thing like that. And all the native indigenous peoples, when they were being hippies, and you know, they did everything with just licking rocks and mushrooms and wiping stuff on flowers or whatever they did. So you can learn all that stuff. It turns out aspirin is this plant that grows, like I could walk out of my house, walk about two blocks away and grab handfuls of the plant that aspirin is made out of. Did you know that? So uh, that kind of stuff is good to know. Uh, and guess what? Those kind of things are different if you live in a desert or if you live in a rainforest or if you live in a coastal blah, 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 or if you live in this area or, you know, regular plain old deciduous forest or whatever. So, um, and then it's going to be different at different times a year. So none of these things are necessarily easy to learn, but all of them are something that can be uh, understood with minimal effort or with some sort of concerted uh, planning. And if you're thinking about, wow, this is a lot of interesting stuff. How am I going to teach my kid or somebody I care about all of this stuff? I'm going to recommend grabbing a Boy Scout manual. Back in the days when they still call it the Boy Scouts, uh, we would be expected to learn all this stuff and more as part of our uh, progress, our individual self-paced progress towards a goal. And they would give us as many steps to that goal as we wanted to take, as many opportunities as we felt we were able and willing to pursue and uh, as many opportunities for failure and understanding and growth you know along the way so there's other things probably but I'm going to recommend an old scout manual probably one from the 80s because after that they started to get stupid and lame uh, probably were more like your people's feelings and that kind of stuff but uh, you go back too far and they're pretty hardcore like I look at my dad's scout manual and it's pretty hardcore but it's also pretty stupid they would like have you jab a knife into a snake bite and just weird stuff, medicine man stuff. All right, so then you got your alt medicines. Guess what? Animal care. So either you know how to take care of animals or you're an asshole. So there's critters that we care about like pets and birds and lizards and things like that. But then there's stuff that you probably care about if you eat them also. 
And then there's animals out there that matter like bears and bald eagles and salmon and stuff that just live out in the wild and you might come up to one. And here's the deal. Let's say you find a lion out there who's not living, who's not loving life. You walk up to that lion and take out that thorn out of its paw. And now that lion's going to hang out with you. And you've got a lion hanging out with you from that point on. So you never know what's going to happen by understanding how to take care of critters. Also, critters are tougher than regular people. So when you learn how to take care of critters, you also learn how to take care of regular people. So plus, 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 win-win for us, the humans. I imagine if you learn how to take care of a monkey, it's a triple win. But that's up to you. Um, if you have a monkey and you don't know how to take care of the monkey, you're an asshole. All right, next is insurance and those kind of options. And I put savings account options because I know that's a thing, although I don't have one. But if I had money, that's what I would have is one of them health and health savings accounts or something where you save your own money. So if I was smart and I would have learned all this stuff when I was young, you know, you learn all that stuff and then you're not at the, um, you know, you're not under the thumb of the, the rich politicians who can lord it over you with their fancy free health cares or whatever they do. All right, so there's probably more to learn under medical, but we're getting into an hour. And uh, I'm gonna jump over and look at comments again, as I mentioned. So Gunpowder um, Beauty is saying at 16, I learned to do stitches, but learned to sew in sixth grade. Right on. So you're talking like sutures for a, a wound or whatever. And that's, I think it's super useful. So I forget when I was when I think it was because my grandma used to sew as like a hobby. So I was like, what's that? And she showed me. And then, so now I knew how to put on my own scout stuff or like fix things. So if I would break something like a strap on a backpack or know, my pants or something, you know, I knew how to take a needle and thread and it didn't look good, but it was fixed. And uh, guess what? When certain things happen to certain appendages and you sew them back on, nobody even has to know about it. So at least four times fingers and stuff got sewed back onto people. Um, fingers, big chunks of your arm got sewed right back on. You know, um, when the kids got a, one of the little tiny airline bottles of booze, it ain't because they're out there drinking it. It's because they know enough to splash some of that airplane bottle of booze before they do their stitches. I don't know. They were harder back in the day. Uh, workplace required CPR class every three years. And that's something else I think is useful when you do these things on a regular basis. What I'm going to recommend is whenever you have to take a class because somebody requires it, consider that an opportunity to go home and teach everybody, go to the gun shop and offer it. Hey, I'm going to teach everybody next Saturday. Go to the range and say, hey, can I teach everybody next weekend? Uh, go to someplace and teach people. When it's still you just got done learning it, it's when you're sharpest, right? So it'll in, in reinforce it for you. You'll understand it the most. And then you'll be that dude or that chick who taught people CPR. It's win, 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 win. Somebody goes down in front of somebody. They save their lives. They're like, I would have died. Except you learned how to do CPR from some saint angel out there. And then here, give this millions of dollars to saint angel who taught you how to do CPR. And then that person, whoever it was, brings that million dollars minus a few bucks for themselves for their trouble and gives you a pile of money. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it can't happen if you don't learn CPR. 
I take first aid CPR next week. Now, here's the other thing, since he didn't say it, but I'm going to bring that, I'm going to lay that trip on you. Uh, if you go around little kids and you don't know the difference between regular people CPR and little kids CPR and little baby CPR, come on, man, there's a whole different thing. So I imagine you can't learn CPR without them mentioning all that other stuff to you. But if for some reason you took regular CPR and they didn't mention that it's different for little babies and stuff, it's a little, it's different for babies for sure. And it's a little different for littler people. Um, I bought fish antibiotics that are often prescribed to me. And then something doctor said, so I don't, all right. <clears throat> well, that's more of a literal how to obtain the preparations and then what to prepare. And I think that depends on how many people you're going to be supporting or dealing with, or, you know, attempt, you know, what kind of time frame, and then what kind of circumstances you foresee. But, uh, I'm not going to get too far into that, but if, if people take from tonight's conversation topics to bring up in other conversations, then that's definitely a good one to bring up. Definitely a good one to bring up. Um, I'm a big advocate. I've always been, especially after I became a EMT back in the olden days, of 100% no drug laws. What? Yeah, no drug laws. I think that anybody who wants to should be able to have a drug box just like a paramedic available because guess what? We are allowed to understand what all that stuff does and bringing somebody who's out of it back. Druggies aren't doing all the weird stuff in a paramedic box. They're doing like four of the painkillers or something. Deal with them like the health issue it is. And then let the rest of us who are competent carry around decent medical stuff. And then people will train to the level of what's available to them. Half the reason people don't know nothing is because we feel like it's not available to us and it's not necessary. So I'm not going to get too far into it, but uh, I'm all about understanding all of it. And there's, you can get books and an understanding of austere medical, austere surgical, austere, you know, major issues. Because guess what? People do major stuff all over the world without fancy buildings and hospitals and stuff. And they talk about it. Uh, let's see. So then Gunpowder Beauty saying my daughter is five son is we taught everything from CPR choking cuts and stitches right on. So it's probably a matter of how, what's the word, like when they're ready for it, right? Like how mature their sensibilities, I don't know what to call that, but like, you know, when they can handle it. Although there's probably something to understanding even when before they're on, they're able, right? Because then it doesn't, isn't there some sort of a, it doesn't become so scary. Like if they're very young and they understand, oh, look, somebody got a cut. Oh, it's no big deal. We just fix that up and it's going to hurt for a little while, but now life goes on. You know, maybe they don't, maybe they don't react because it's brand new to them. I don't know. That's interesting. So I know that with critters out here in the desert, uh, they'll take like a rubber rattlesnake and they'll set it down and then they'll have a dog walk up to it and then make it rattle like a rattlesnake and then shake, scare the dog basically. And then that way, you know, the dog becomes anti-rattlesnake. Um, I wonder if you can do something like that with little babies just to, you know, hey, don't touch that pan or whatever. I never really thought about training a kid how to not touch a hot pan or whatever. But at the same time, I wonder if it's uh, applicable to teach some first aid stuff. I guess it probably depends on, you know, if you live on a cliff, you're going to teach them stuff. If you live in next to the water, you're going to teach them stuff. 
if you don't, you probably don't have to right away. Uh, let's see. I have a blue Bronco. I don't know what that means. Good point. Doing in-person what you're training is most productive. I want to take a course on animal tracking, at least recognizing predators to avoid and whatever. That's interesting. That's interesting. I don't know if anybody's, I know that there's a lot of guides that'll take you into gate uh, guide for uh, big game, but I'll bet you there's guides that'll take you out and just show you what you're looking at or, you know, how to look for something specific like that. All right. Then Wood says, why is not clicking on there? Woods is saying the study of what indigenous peoples used for medical is amazing. I have nettle tea for when my allergies are bad. Works great. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that a lot of that stuff that had been forgotten has been less forgotten once everybody started to get to talk, to, you know, start chatting again and having grandmas talk to each other via the internet and stuff. So definitely uh, neat. Um, I'm going to keep going. We got home repair, a little bit less than, uh, you know, your typical stuff. However, we all live in some sort of a thing, if it's a tiny house or an RV or a rented thing or a townhome or some kind of a condo or some sort of a freestanding place or a cave or whatever it is, uh, just knowing how to deal with it versus being susceptible to others, I think is useful. I don't, I grew up understanding that if something breaks, you fix it with the philosophy that if you're going to spend money, spend money on tools and not a service so that you then have the tool if it ever happens again, or you sell the tool and you have the experience. But uh, so from an early age, we just, I, and I don't remember ever, we never really called people in to do things. So uh, you save money by not having to call people in. And I don't know, I just think you're more, more ready. You don't necessarily have to tackle every job, but at least you're not, um, at the mercy of contractors or somebody who is going to prey on people who aren't familiar with the typical knowledge of construction. I don't know what to call that, like the different, the, the, the different uh, aspects of construction. So I put in a list here. Again, there's lots of different things that I referenced for the research for this one, but you know, your basic stuff like painting and plumbing, carpentry, electrical, and then cement I added. So, even if you can't or don't do those things, an understanding of them allows you to make better choices about who you're going to hire and save yourself a lot of time and effort. And it's not something that you can necessarily take a class, but I'm going to throw in here on the job training and apprenticeship again, because when you make a decision on what part-time job to take, taking a part-time job, helping houses get put up or having refab and townhomes is a big difference than working in a restaurant or like a McDonald's or something or doing some kind of online judging people's video game playing, right? So anything can make money, but you decide if you're going to make money and get smarter at the same time, learn skills and give yourself awareness and resources that'll save you in, in the future. So I don't know because of, you know, different, everybody's life experiences are different and what what kind of time people have, but I put uh, home repair in here as a, uh, an actual one. Let me know what you think of that one. Uh, kind of going along with it, and we kind of talked about it already, is but gardening. Um, 
having the concept that you want to be a gardener is awesome. Just like being a uh, guitarist or a rifleist. Like you might want to shoot a rifle really good, but does that mean just because you bought a rifle, you're going to shoot it really good? Uh, gardening, there's nothing about a cucumber or a tomato or a piece of corn that owes you nothing. You put it in the ground and put a bunch of money into the water and the dirt and the tools and the electronics and the studying and it don't care it's going to die it don't care or it's going to grow and it don't care so gardening is literally figuring out how to be on the planet earth so there's a lot of reward from gardening but it's also a lot of failure and a lot of learning so learning the basics is critical understanding the life cycle of of plants and the water cycles things like that you're you know not really living on this planet if you're not aware of that people are going to mess with you and they talk about how science works and you're going to be at the mercy of too many people if you don't understand some of the basics that you know gardening the core those that kind of stuff and that's easy enough to learn and then you got your uh on the job again so again, you can decide what kind of job you might want to get as a part-time job. If you're looking to pay off some bills or whatever, uh, looking to get in better shape, you can pay to go to the gym or you get a part-time job with the uh, local community garden or something, right? Um, ex uh, um, spending time on which I say like volunteering, I guess, at a uh, local community garden uh versus spending money on a gardening course right like so there's there's opportunities cost there and now when we're talking about doing this as a second amendment advocate in 2022 what's the extra benefit of taking something like a home repair course or doing like a an odd job or a part-time job as a uh, or a summer job or having someone you know do a apprenticeship or a summer job and then again, come home and teach whatever they learned that day. Oh, I did some framing today. Oh, I did some concrete finishing. Oh, I did some, some uh, scaffolding taken down, you know, whatever it is, you do a YouTube video about that. And now you're helping the next generation understand that, that job or that task, uh, that part-time job is like, and maybe you make a couple of bucks, maybe you learn how to do YouTube better. And now YouTube, the, the tool, YouTube, the machine is something that you've got more experience with. So that would apply to literally everything we've talked about today. Everything that you go out and decide is worth spending your time on to become better at, consider sharing that. As soon as you learn it, share it with the internet. It's gonna make your channel better. It'll make give you more skill set, learning the, the skills that you need to work a camera and upload and time manage and you're going to get feedback you're going to get audience it's a you know more a more experience with your uh, your online group of friends and community so there's lots of benefits to these things uh getting back to gardening and back to the list here uh practice and experiment gardening is all about recycling and using stuff over again those raised beds you know people will uh, go out like a bunch of suckers and buy a bunch of stuff and then fill it with dirt. And then somebody smart is going to go improvise a raised bed out of garbage, effectively make it look kind of cool based on a little bit of create creativity and then fill it with um, 
you know, litter that was going to have to be paid to be thrown away, like a big boulder or some kind of big metal garbage thing that you would have had to pay to be pulled out of the yard, an old toilet or something. You throw all that stuff in the bottom of the raised garden where the roots are never going to get to anyway. And instead of some sucker paying for all that to be dirt, you've got the same amount of dirt in three raised beds and you've taken care of a bunch of obnoxious garbage in your yard because 60, 90% of the raised bed doesn't need to be dirt. So, uh, you know, some of that kind of stuff, the practice, the experimental stuff, and then the reducing and the recycling. So, um, you know, I'm planning next year to play around with the way I do kale. Every year I screw around with how I'm going to do kale. Someday I'll be able to grow kale, but I can still go to the store and buy kale for two bucks. So it's more of a thought, you know, thought experiment for me. I'm in Arizona raising kale, which basically needs to be in the water all the time. It's like kind of stupid. But it's an interesting thing to do, and I'm learning things along the way. So uh, practicing and experimenting and recycling is what gardening's all about. <clears throat> if you got the youngins around, I don't think there's anything bad about gardening. Every single aspect of gardening is good for baby for little people. Uh, then you get vehicle. Um, so some people live in a city, and some people decide not to drive around. I guess. So some things are going to be a difficult for those folks, and some things um, are maybe not so practical. But I would think, I mean, I don't know what it's like, but I would think that you'd be intentionally stifling yourself or your abilities if you don't know how to drive, even if you don't have a car. Like, even if you don't plan on having a car, wouldn't you want to know how to drive? So first off, I'm just going to assume everyone should want to know how to drive. And then... You got to decide what you're going to know how to drive because i think anybody could probably drive one of those electric cars we just get in there and say go where you want to go and the car just goes there but being able to drive a stick being able to drive i don't know a motorcycle or a, something like piece of equipment a bulldozer or something uh, so having the ability to get into a vehicle and understand it takes some effort now you can do it as cheaply as saying hey i just learned how to drive or Hey, do you mind if I drive to your friend or something? Or, hey, if I win the bet, can I drive your car? So that you get experience driving around different kind of cars. Uh, maybe uh, offer to uh, go somewhere with someone on a long trip. Hey, you're going to a firearms museum in another state. Can I go with and help drive so that you get some experience driving that kind of vehicle? Um, maybe rent something if you're super rich or whatever. You got nothing else to do. Go on a vacation and then rent some kind of vehicle so that you learn how to drive. So anyway, I think learning how to drive different vehicles is probably use, useful. And then uh, the basic repair of those vehicles is sort of a challenge and also uh, a way to not be at the mercy of somebody who just knows a little bit more than you about some things. Depending on the internet to help you on this stuff is possible. And I'm sure a lot of people get by quite a while with that. But I think you get a level of confidence and uh, capability by being able to handle machines and the mechanics of what's going on under the hood of a vehicle. Under the hood, on the wheels, right? All the different things that might um, stop you from getting to where you want to go. Understanding, you know what I didn't put in here is the triple A's and the towing. So, and emergencies. So understanding what an emergencies are all about. You might understand emergencies and you might have all the right stuff in your vehicle, but does your daughter know what to do with it? Have you ever thought about taking somebody out who you care about 
and uh, saying, hey, guess what? You know, you're driving back from the ice cream shop or whatever. Hey, guess what? Let's say that you just got a flat tire. Let's stop and see if you could deal with that flat tire. In fact, let's change the tire right now and see how it goes. And if you can do it, blah, 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 then blah, 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 whatever, you know. But have you thought about that? Have you ever taken the time to do that? Take an extra hour? Why are we going so early? I don't know. Don't worry about it. Hey, guess what? We're changing the tire in the car on the way home unexpectedly. How does that empower somebody to know that their parent or their somebody that they care about took the time out of everything to plan so that they would be empowered and have an opportunity to experience a super uh, uh, stressful situation in a prepared environment so that they would be enabled? Like, what is that? What is that gift? So consider that. Um, being at the whim of some idiot on the other end of the AAA is not a good place to be. And why, why require that by not giving people the opportunity? All right, then you get defensive driving. We have lots of different surplus that comes out of the military. And a ton of people have learned how to drive defensively in very cool ways. So use that opportunity. I don't know how many of these classes are out there. But talk to people who um, have gotten some military vehicle training and understand like a pit maneuver and how to get out of a pit maneuver and stuff like that. Um, understand some ideas of how to identify friend or foe from vehicle to vehicle. People have done an amazing amount in the last little bit with the global war on terror on dealing with uh, urban and uh, vehicle situations. So you've got, you know, a lot of stuff to deal with with vehicles. Fighting in and around vehicles is different than fighting in and around hallways, which is ultimately different than fighting in a forest with people and without people, and then ultimately different than fighting, I don't know, in a desert somewhere, right? So there's lots of differences. Not that you have to experience it, but understanding that there's going to be a lot of differences there. And being intimately familiar with the vehicles and stuff is, you know, part of that. You can probably not have to worry about training in and out of vehicles, but being intimately familiar with being in and out of vehicles. And I say that because I think a lot of us take that for granted, but there are people that we know that don't get in vehicles very often and probably don't get in vehicles that are theirs that they've stressed out or they've taken to some limits to know what the machine can do. So when we talk about defensive driving, if you've never had the opportunity to have like a car that's about to fail or some idiot friend who doesn't care about their car, if you haven't had the chance to tear around a, like a parking lot or some side streets or something in a vehicle that nobody cares about anymore, then you probably, or some Uncle Sam's vehicles, nobody gives a shit about Uncle Sam's vehicles. So if you haven't had a chance to just really destroy a, a machine, then you probably don't know what your machine can do. And that's something that people just don't think about too often. So I wanted to throw that out there too, that part of the defensive driving is knowing what a machine can do. Machines can do a lot, a lot. So do not, the same way that you say things like, you wanna have a gun because I don't wanna, I don't wanna need a gun and not have it, right? You don't want to have found out later that you could have gotten more out of your vehicle. You could have braked faster. You could have accelerated different. Like you want to know the capability of your machine 
so that in an emergency it kicks in and you just know your machine and that's tough so tough sometimes i'm not going to say that a rented vehicle can do anything but that's up to you to figure out how to learn to drive well you can take classes on defensive driving or you could join the military and use your uncle's vehicles uh, uh, aircraft and boats i'm not saying you need to learn how to fly but if you can't jump into a pilot seat and land a an airplane then do you feel comfortable in the airplane I like to be able to know how to land them. Even if it's probable that I'm not going to have to land them, it's not that difficult to know how to land them. Uh, in fact, most places when you go there and say, all I really want to do is know how to land, it's like the opposite of being a terrorist. They're like, let's teach you how to land because it's not a skill that anybody's going to care about. It's just helping people. So it's kind of like first aid for airplanes. Uh, also, just understanding aircraft and their capabilities and stuff is kind of neat. I grew up with a bunch of them or hanging out with them and stuff. So um i can't complain it's it's worth knowing them it's not necessary probably but it's it's interesting and it's, it is possible lots of opportunities there too uh understanding the mechanics of an aircraft is is pretty decent too because it gives you a much better understanding of just machines in general because aircrafts i think a lot of people give them some kind of magical whatever but they're just literally just machines that get taken care of in a much more methodical process and that process creates perfection. And again, that's another aspect of uh, understanding life skills from these individual skill sets. And then boats. Um, you're pretty much useless if you can't figure out a boat and get around in boats. And the only way to do that is to get in a boat. I mean, I guess everybody doesn't have to know how to sail, but you better be able to get in a motorized boat and go somewhere or at least get off of a big boat into a smaller boat and not die and be able to flip a boat over you know it's just some basic boat stuff that i don't know unless you plan on being only on dry land forever two-thirds of the planet is water it just seems like you should uh, should figure out to be comfortable in a stupid boat and you don't have to love the navy or nothing you don't have to love the ocean but you just don't want to have to sink every time you go near it uh and then towing in emergencies you don't want to be at the whim of anybody and you don't want to be an idiot and you don't want to endanger other people so again, thinking about the idea of uh, giving someone who's important to you the opportunity to experience a stressful situation in a, you know, in a controlled environment, think about that for road emergencies besides just changing a tire. Um, I'm old and I thought I knew everything and then I was in North Dakota and I seriously figured I was gonna die because that was horrible driving through that snow. So if I would have been young, I would have been, dang it, somebody should have taught me this already. As far as towing and stuff, again, like just not being an idiot and pulling your car over in dumb ways so, uh, so that you can actually be, uh, you know, get out of there as soon as possible, figure out that, hey, if I would have <clears throat> let my car roll up this hill, then the tow truck doesn't have to leave onto the highway going up, you know, just basic stuff. If you've never had to get towed, uh, it might not be, uh, uh, something that's all that useful or necessary, but I threw it in here since we're talking skill sets. And it's one of those things, again, that if people think two steps ahead, think outside the box, think a little bit from a bird's eye view, uh, it's one of those things, too, that uh, a little bit smoother. If you uh, don't be the, the worst tow that the tow truck driver has ever had to deal with. If you can do two or three things differently as you break down and be the easiest tow that the driver's ever dealt with, you know, 
wouldn't that be easier to do or worth the effort? That kind of thing. All right, we're about to get into the defense part of it. So I'm going to jump over and look at the comments again. Uh, let's see. Again, appreciate people that are staying awake. We're 90 minutes into a show that starts at midnight on the East Coast. So uh, our goal would be eventually to have a long-term, a long-format show, bring some co-hosts in and have some segments, have more uh, time to dig into more things, which I definitely have uh, content for. What we don't have time for is the time, or what we don't have is the time for it. So I do appreciate there's Patreons, people that subscribe to what we do. There's a little scroll at the bottom of the screen. We've lost a couple of more Patreons. People shift their uh, subscription rates, and we're down to pretty dangerous numbers. Uh, but we do appreciate the people that give us the chance to do what we've done so far and ability to uh, continue to focus on this stuff. Our goal, though, would be to do this show long format, uh, um, overnight and uh, get into even more depth into some of these things. Uh, so I was going to go back and look at some of the comments. Uh, the study of what, okay, so it doesn't move and it should use WD-40. If it moves and it shouldn't use duct tape, you know, that's a great saying. I've seen that one sort of assured or like a little funny sign and stuff, but it makes a lot of sense that um, understanding how to improvise, adapt, and overcome. I don't know if that comes from the Marines, but uh, it's the kind of thing they'd say. Understanding what gets the job done immediately in an emergency is crucial. Understanding what's important to keep the thing working long-term is useful, right? So um, yeah, that's a great point. Thanks for that one, Gunpowder Beauty. Uh, WD-40, the elixir, elixir of the rust trolls. Uh, Gummel guy saying a community garden is a cool idea. I personally think that community gardens are probably second only to Second Amendment protected rights for revitalizing and rejuvenating our communities. Um, I'm not sure what the point is of trying to let the community suffer um, by the you know, the policies or the lack of policies or the tone deafness or the blindness of the representatives or the do-gooders. But uh, one of the issues is health and wellness and appreciation for self and community. And if your community is uh, neglected and abandoned and not appreciated by the people that even live there and definitely not by those who either own it or rent it to the people that are hanging out there. Uh, it's just recipe for bad news. So community gardens give an opportunity for folks to uh, give and receive from the land, which you know, is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty uh, what's the word, like core to everything. So I think that those have lots of opportunity when you start thinking about where you can sneak gardens, both for aesthetic like beauty and, sorry, no, no offense intended, gunpowder beauty, but uh, for, you know, just the pure beauty of the garden or the, you know, the health and the sustenance that a garden, like a tree or whatever can provide. Um, then you think about the creativity of um, like the graffiti and the art and the everything that comes from any group of people that are uh, able to spend time on it, right? So you give people an opportunity to grow and create and be creative with earth and with nature. Come on, man. 
everything about that's a good idea. And then what are the results? A bunch of like actual food that then people get to be creative and artistic and uh, different and collaborative on the preparation of. And then people who get to partake in that become healthier and then, you know, participate in whatever it is that a healthy body feels like participating in, probably not wailing on each other, being mean to each other or taking in a bunch of bullshit to make them feel temporarily good, right? You are, your core is good and you're healthy. You don't need to take something that makes you feel good for five seconds or five minutes or whatever. And broad strokes, but still community gardens are awesome. And uh, think about like the rooftops of buildings and stuff. There's some other countries where they grow gardens around the giant buildings and in them and around their balconies and stuff. And it looks super cool. It's like some kind of weird Planet of the Apes thing. It's pretty awesome. So I think community gardens got a lot of potential. You get into the waterfalls and the fish and the aquaponics and the hydroponics and the aeroponics and whatever it is when you let fish grow in the roots. I think that's a whole nother one. Um, think about, you know, waterfalls and fish. And instead of looking at a picture window at uh, an alley, you're looking at a picture window, which is just every every office has a fish tank with tilapias or something that are filtering the water from the robots that go up and down the building, harvesting the watercress or whatever. You know, it's just neat when you think about vertical gardening and you think about uh, urban gardening and you think about community gardening. And then you think about community gardening out in the places where it's suburban sprawl and waste. And you got all these like places and cul-de-sacs and already call them things, clover leaves. Sorry, clover, no offense intended. But you know, the uh, highway overpass bullshit. Why aren't every single one of those either solar or gardens or both? Come on, man. Like we waste so much land and all that suburban sprawl. And you got a bunch of kids that are playing video games when they could be out there doing amazing things with nature. And then again, what's the result of that? A bunch of abundance of interesting produce and food with vitamins and stuff that, you know, you're not going to get from the cornfields. But yeah, community gardens, definitely worth the time and effort, in my opinion. But I only gave it a little bit of time over here on the list. Uh, let's see. Canning and food preservation. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. But, you know, canning, everybody who doesn't can thinks, oh, you put food in a jar and that's it. Well, except for think about every kind of pickle you've ever thought about or every kind of uh, canned food you've ever thought about. Like there's infinitely many versions of flavors and textures and mixtures and combinations. And then the subtle change that happens when something sets for time, right? When you get time involved. So, you know, an applesauce that's six months old versus an applesauce that's six years old. I mean, I wouldn't eat something disgusting like that, but I'm sure people that do uh, dig that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you've got the same kind of interest and artisanship that you'd have in like cigars or wine. Once you start getting people into community garden, backyard gardening, victory gardening, saving the planet with my backyard garden and then, um, you know, pickle recipes and that kind of stuff. Definitely. Plus, I'm pretty sure cultures that eat pickled things, things that have vinegar in them, there's a reason that those cultures tend to last longer and they eat different diets because they don't, they're not starved for certain things. So they don't constantly eat looking for things that they're lacking. So I think there's some, uh, some real health benefits to eating pickled and canned things, not only, but you know, 
we don't eat a lot of them in our diets. Uh, super fun and oh yeah, fun too. Uh, let's see, my wife's pretty good at canning. You're lucky. Um, you have a garden on a scale large enough to make a compost pile. So I took a 55 gallon bucket and cut a door in the side and I have that thing kind of like on a, another thing kind of spinning around. So yes and no, mostly no, because everything in Arizona turns into nothing like dried leaves. There's no compost. I would have to pour water on it all the time to make it into compost. So I can turn anything that was green or, you know, vegetable matter into potato chips. That's what happens in our compost thing. So yes, I could, but I don't because I don't have the water to waste. Gunpowder Beauty saying tired of canning, no, tried canning beef a few months ago. It didn't get the seal right first two times. Finally got it down. Barbecue will eat it. It doesn't matter if you got the seal on, right? You just send it to him, he'll eat it. Uh, gunmetal guy is saying today driving a stick is not only different, it's already made younger criminal theft prevention because they can't drive it. I think it's kind of always like that, but for sure. Uh, let's see. Gizzard is saying my father was an auto mechanic and he did that. He made all of us kids change the tire on the car. Even my two older sisters, it's a good skill to learn for sure. You're empowered and you no longer have any kind of fear, concern, stress, right? And you're like done. Like, and then you're, you're gonna have that. You're, that's gonna go to the friends in the car. So yeah, it's ultimately empowering, especially when your dad's a mechanic, because it could go the other way, where the girls are like, "Oh, I don't have to learn that. My dad's a mechanic. All I got to do is call my dad." Right? Uh, now that I know how to handle a tire, I need to learn how to retire oh snap that just happened so if you want four hours of that on sunday mornings tune in to the gizzard gary shows uh let's see that would come in handy in a pinch my achilles heel and all my prep is swimming i need to relearn how to swim or at least get more comfortable if it was an emergency here's the easiest way to learn how to swim go to the store or get barbecue to send you a couple of steaks Take those stakes and zip tie them to your ankles and go swim around in the Gulf of Mexico. Eventually, something will chase after you and you'll learn how to swim really good. Or it's good knowing you. Uh, great show. I don't know what show you're talking about, but I'm interested. Check it out. And then cautiously raise his hand as a potential segment host when he gets off butt and makes videos. Well, good. go for it. Uh, pretty much everybody that made videos made a first video. Very few people were born into this making videos. Well, Gunpowder Beauty maybe had something going on there. She probably technically did have a baby on video before the baby was totally done being made being a baby. But I don't know. Um, that's between her and the babies. So anyway, yeah, most people have to make their first video. So uh, if, if you decide to make a video of... Uh, enjoy and if you like it then uh, you'll find plenty of people that are interested in uh, participating in your experience and growth of content creation all right we're getting through the vehicle one we're about to 
start the fence. We're almost two hours in, so I think at this point I can let you know it's going to be a longer show than an hour. All right, so defense, verbal judo, because money people don't pay attention to that, and if you know how to get people to leave you alone, then you don't have to worry about the rest of it. From my experience, learning how to encourage people to leave you alone teaches you all kinds of other stuff that gets you into places where you'd never even get in that position, if that makes sense. So uh, verbal judo is your first line of awareness for defense. Then you get awareness, and I think you can get that by thinking about it and, and encouraging others to be aware, and then coming up with some kind of games, and then encouraging other people to be aware. And then what happens is when you constantly tell other people to do stuff, the mansplaining reverses itself, and you mansplain to yourself, and then you become aware. Um, become aware. It's pretty easy. And you pretty much just have to do it by telling other people to do it all the time. And then it happens. It's sort of like being left-handed. Nobody tells you to be left-handed. They just don't tell you not to be left-handed enough. And then you become left-handed. Um, martial arts. We talked about this yesterday on the, uh, mouse party. So I'm just going to encourage you to go listen to the mouse party yesterday. I'm not going to say it was an encyclopedic uh, conversation about the martial arts. I'm just going to say that if you had any question at all about any martial art, it was answered in yesterday's mouse party. So you can just check that out and get all your questions answered there. Uh, but I think that if you are interested in any of the stuff that we talked about earlier, such as the health and the exercise and some of the like awareness and disciplines and those kind of things. One way to practice that is with a martial art. And so there's, as I kind of mentioned before, some of this stuff is like a knot next to each other, even though it's down the rope a little bit. Does that make sense? So even though some of these things aren't technically next to each other, they're also kind of the same thing, even though they're not next to each other. And often a couple of precise things can accomplish many things for you. And that's where uh, in the beginning of this whole thing, we start talking this whole thing out about life plans and goals and missions and that kind of thing. Knowing where you want to go, knowing what you want to accomplish and what you need to accomplish to get there, the path becomes obvious. And once you know the way, then the way becomes obvious, the way for many things. Uh, then you get into CCW and self-defense. Obviously, anybody can go on forever because that's all anybody likes to talk about. So indulge in any level of waste of time or awesomeness that you want over there. I'm just going to offer that in 2022, you have had no, there's never been a time with more options there's never been a time with more opportunity. There has never been a time with more distractions. And there is no instruction manual. So you're definitely on your own. So getting back, you know what we didn't put in here? Learning how to read people. Like learning how to, where would you call that? But like, if that's relationships and friendships, like understanding who's real and who's fake ass bitch, Right. Once you kind of can tell when somebody's fake ass or when they're real, 
then you're going to understand who to learn stuff from, right? With your self-defense and your martial arts and your awareness of stuff. So some of these things are going to wrap around, reach all up inside each other. And then you get rifle and shotgun. Both of these are a waste of time unless you're hardcore. So some people are going to go, all I need to know is my pistol. And they've decided I'm going to shoot nine millimeter and I'm satisfied. I'm done. I don't care about anything else or anybody else. I'm just going to learn how to defend myself. Other people are going to go, there's other people on the planet and I care about them. And there's overwhelming odds out there. So I'm going to learn how to do something useful. And those people go find out about how to shoot a rifle. Then other people go, I'm going to play games and waste everybody's time. And they go learn how to waste their time shooting shotguns. I'm not a big fan of shotgun shooting unless you're learning how to go hunt better or something but a big fan of rifle shooting so once you get into this you find out that there's opinions some people have the wrong opinions and other people don't have the wrong opinions but you're going to find a lot of stuff and you're going to have to learn for yourself who's got the right opinions and the wrong opinions uh i'm not selling you nothing rifle is the right opinion ccw or whatever is an obvious and then rifle if you care about other people. All right. And then and we're talking fighting rifle here. If you're talking marksmanship and that kind of stuff, that's not defense. That's hobby. Like I want to go learn that for hunting or for hobby. If you're talking defense, unless you're getting paid by Uncle Sam, your rules of engagement don't involve long distance shooting. So wouldn't even put any effort into long distance marksmanship if you're in the defense realm here. Uh, this is practical, real-life training for regular people. Take those classes as a hobby all you want, but in reality, there's no way without some kind of um, credential that you're taking any kind of a long shot for anything. And even in that case, why the hell would you ever be taking a long shot unless you knew 100% that there's a bad guy down there? Uh, let's see. Wait, is it actually mansplaining if you already know it? You're telling yourself... And you're already a man? Yeah, you can mansplain to yourself. Uh, who else is going to tell you? You're not going to get woman-splained. Come on, man. So, yeah, you can mansplain yourself. Sometimes you have to mansplain yourself. I think that's how the original things happened, is somebody was sitting around not knowing nothing, and then somebody was like, wait a minute, why don't I just mansplain myself all this stuff? Sort of like that guy that forgot he had Alzheimer's. That's sort of like mansplaining, I guess. Uh, let's see. I need an AR-15 and a helicopter. Texas hogs need to be in my freezer. I watched the thing today. I'm watching this new show called Meat Eater. Uh, and I'm watching the one where he was shooting a, a pig in California. I don't think I want to eat no wild pig. but You can have mine. How about that? Uh, but I can understand wanting to shoot an uh, AR-15 out of a helicopter. Uh that's a bucket list item. <clears throat> and in the future, I think that's going to be more and more um, uh, available and more and more an experience more and more people have had as far as flying around in a helicopter. Women explaining is women-splaining. But uh, nagging is when they're women-splaining something you already know. Uh, let's see. So then communication. Oh, speaking of women-splaining. So communication critically vital because for some reason we don't have telepathy and we don't just all have group think like the communists would like us to have some kind of hive mentality um so that means languages 
And here's the best part. So many people go, oh, look at these blah, 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 you know, fill in the blank. Look at these people, blah, 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 who came here, blah, blah, blah. Well, right off the bat, those people probably know their country's language, whatever it is. And because half of these countries are as big as Connecticut or whatever, like they probably know some other language that was next to their language or that, you know, laid on top of their language or something. And then they may know like two versions of their language. And then they know a good chunk of the United States language. So that's always, that's always made me laugh because my grandparents, I don't know how to speak nothing, but my grandmas knew how to speak stuff. So they would say our Christmas presents in front of us and they could say stuff about the doctor, you know, we wouldn't know. So I knew that, you know, pretty much everybody speaks some other language and I knew they would use it against you if you didn't know it. I never bothered to learn it because every languages they spoke when I was a little kid were stupid Europe languages nobody cares about. But um, so consider learning a new language or a different language than the one you already speak. Um, nowadays, in 2022, you got the opportunity to learn math. You can learn music. You can learn coding. So you want to learn a way to communicate with others that's universal. How about ASL? Well, ASL isn't necessarily it's American Sign Language, but still. How about an alternative uh, method of communication that allows you to interact with somebody who speaks a different words than we do? So there are different things thinking outside the box. You got Morse code. You got the tap codes that were used by prisoners of war. And if you don't know tap codes, I guess you assume you're never going to be a prisoner of war. You're never going to be in some kind of a place where somebody else has control of your ability to communicate with others. Uh, semaphore. The Navy isn't all that good. They take stuff around for people on a boat and they do other things, I guess. But one of the things the Navy is good for is they came up with this way of talking to each other with a bunch of flags. 99% of the time, nobody's got the millions of flags that are necessary to really talk. But if you just have two flags or you got two arms or whatever, you can wiggle your arms around in a way that lets you talk to another person that could be very far away. And that's useful, useful as hell. Uh, that's one thing I don't know how to do good, but I know it's something I never bothered to learn. But it is pretty neat. And you can uh, be pretty effective against another team when you can silently communicate across distance right in front of the other team who's too stupid to even understand what you're doing just saying uh you got radios and ham radios and that kind of thing we live in 2022 the only excuse to not know in ham radios is you haven't bothered to want to do it it's literally easy and super easy way easier than it ever was is it necessary no is it useful i don't know yeah i guess is it necessary no is it a waste of money yeah most of the time Beware of who's giving you links to like here by this radio or by this course or by whatever garbage that so you put the radio in or some kind of crap. Like people like to sell you a lot of gun stuff. Ham radio people are like just they only get into ham radio because they want to buy stuff. So there's no end of stuff you can buy for ham radio. And then there's the people that are like, I'm buying one radio and an antenna that comes with it, and then I'm done. Well, guess what? The reason you can buy a ton of stuff is because you kind of need a half of that ton of stuff uh, to make a radio actually work good. And that's why it's not really worth it. If you got nothing else to do and you're looking for a hobby and you got a lot of money and you feel like buying electronic things, get into ham radio. You're going to talk to other people who have a lot of money to buy electronic things so that they can talk to each other on ham radio. But what you're not going to talk to is the guys I know that used to jump around on horseback in southern Arizona looking for lost hikers and 
uh, downed aircraft because those guys aren't talking to anybody else on ham radio. They're using their ham radios. So, yeah, you, you want to know what ham radio is, especially in 2022, so that you're not broadcasting illegally and so that you're, you know, using frequencies that aren't inappropriate or bothering people or dangerous. So you, you want to know the, uh, the layout and you want to be, it doesn't cost nothing. It costs $5 to be a ham radio. So, and it is a challenge. So it's as something that's outside of most people's wheelhouse and something that's potentially useful, something you can talk to other people about if you're super bored and you want to talk to other people like spending money on radios, you know, get it. it you should do it. Whether or not you pursue it, it's up to you. Getting the ham radio license, I think you kind of need to. If you want to consider yourself jack of all trades kind of thing. Once you've got the ham radio license, then you can lord it over people and act like you're special. And if you want to do things, you got a license that says you're legally able to do things. So you can do some interesting stuff with a ham radio license I'm not going to get into, but it gives you a license to be an amateur radio operator, which is kind of neat. So uh, then let's talk about math and music. Um, I don't know. There's lots of ways that um, times we need to spend, um, at least for me, I've just, I've encountered times when you're, I don't know, like times when you don't have the opportunity to decide what you're going to do and you're stuck doing something. And in those times, it can be pretty boring or, or frustrating and having music to sing, right, is nice. So, you know, being aware of music versus always listening, what's the word, listening to music all the time, being able to sing music, right? Not that you need to be a, a singer, but being able to entertain yourself or a, somebody who's stressed out, uh, appreciate somebody for something, right? Be appropriate when necessary, like being able to uh, understand music or have music and be able to create a rhythm and that kind of stuff um, is a useful thing. And if it's outside your comfort zone, like a lot of these things, good. All for good, you know, do things outside your comfort zone on a regular basis. Same thing with math. Uh, math can be super interesting. And people that are afraid of math, it's because some asshole taught you math and it was mean to you. Math is just like music. Math is just like language. So if some jerk-ass teacher was mean to you about language, then you probably don't like reading and you don't like writing. But if some teacher was super nice to you and gave you Tootsie Pops or something, you probably like writing or reading or something. Uh, if you had a math teacher that was awesome and inspiring and, you know, open-minded, then you probably understand math like you understand music. And I, I attempt to do that and attempt to, I'm trying to attempt to communicate here that uh, if you haven't experienced math like music or math like language, then consider reading some books about math, as weird as that might sound. Chaos is awesome. Uh, knots, knot theory is awesome. Uh, I mentioned knots or math. They are. Knots, you know, tying a knot in a rope is math. And if you don't realize that, then like there's whole cultures that, that count that way. It's, it's crazy. So math and music and language are all the same thing. And, you know, art and some other stuff is probably in there too. Food, right? But, uh, Math and music and language are things you can write down and everybody has the same, you know, everybody's on the same page with it. So I'm going to encourage that kind of uh, um, skills, some books or watching some YouTube stuff.
understanding a bit of it, figuring out what it is, you know, trying to say something like go, go like music or go learn music. Well, what does that mean? Go play piano? Does that mean go play classic piano? Does that mean go play jazz piano? Does that mean go play a banjo? Does that mean go sing in a thing? Does that mean go figure out how to write music? Does that mean figure out electronic music? I mean, there's a spectrum there. So the same thing with math. If it intrigues you and you're looking for something to do outside your thing, or if, if your math class is sucked, dig into math, see what you might like over there. And you might figure out why some people devote their lives to math and why you can take math and communicate with any other person on the planet because we all use the same math. We all live in this set of physics. So that means we're all using that same math. It's pretty neat. All right. And then you get in, that's out of communication. There's probably, there's probably other ways to communicate, but that's where I'm leaving it. Uh, then you get into the basics. I guess that's where I left everything. So those basics were cycle of work, understanding that you don't live in a vacuum and that other people should appreciate you and would appreciate you if you understand the whole cycle, right? And when you're participating in that, what you should expect, right? So there's a lot of self-worth and value there that need to be, people have to learn that stuff. So you got that, this was like the idea of what you're going to teach a youngin. Cycle of work, self-sufficiency. Uh, I think there's an entire generation of people that aren't self-sufficient, but I don't know. Everybody always says that. The grandparents used to say that about us, and we all think we're super self-sufficient. So unless we all went out and lived in the woods for a while, we all just think we're self-sufficient, right? And our grandparents probably didn't live in the woods either. So I'm just saying. Problem solving, lots of different ways to accomplish that, lots of different confidence to get from that. So confidence other ones. And authentic confidence and true independence, right? So not like, I'm going to hold your hand and then congratulate you for not falling over. That's bullshit. All right. So with that, I hope that we've explored some real training for real life as an alternative to the same old, let's get paranoid about some kind of fear or let's uh, delude ourselves with some kind of fantasy, either because somebody's got something for sale or somebody came up with a new grip angle or Somebody figured out how to put a plate on a revolver so we can spend money on electronics. Um, not that I hate all that stuff. I just think of it as fads and that the uh, basic skills will always be necessary and useful, even if they're not applied every day. However, cycles and uh, pendulum swings and stuff tend to uh, gravitate towards those core things being useful over and over and over again even when we don't realize the, you know, the next evolution of how they're going to be useful. All right, so going back to the poll, the people who are here this evening uh, voted for career life plans, 41%, medical, 41%, communication, only 12%, interesting, and then religion and civics, 6%. So everybody's selfish. Nobody cares about other people or the community. I'm just saying. Well, 6% of you do. Um, career and life plans. So, you know, do you know what you're doing and what you're capable of? Do you know what your options are? And have you made a decision versus are you going to stay alive during this whole thing? And are you capable of not dying in the process? Uh, and then communication. Uh, you could probably do it all by just pushing people out of the way and grunting and then uh, accomplish. 
but you probably have more fun if you communicate, collaborate, and appreciate what other people are doing while you interact in this uh, time, 2022, on planet Earth, as you know, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on and technology going one way. We've got culture and um, uh, the trends of society, you know, going along. I'm not going to say they're going in any one direction because I don't believe it. I think they're just going along. But then we definitely have a lot of people who are used to having people's undivided attention and are slowly coming to grips with the fact that they no longer dominate what other people are going to think based on the uh, monopoly of their time and their attention. So once these three-letter networks figured out that cable was going to win, they slowly started to figure out that they needed to diversify. And once they got out to those cable channels, the internet came along and knocked their wind out of them again. And then they came along with these social platforms and figured out that they could purchase time on those social platforms the same way they did on cable. And they finally came around to figuring out that they could do whatever. And hopefully, I suspect what we will find out is that individuals will figure out that the social platforms are good the same way that buses and airplanes are good. But we don't need buses and airplanes every day. We use them when they're necessary. We appreciate them for what they can offer. But we walk, we drive around on mopeds, we skip, and we drive around in our own vehicles when we want to get things accomplished. So with that, uh, yeah, this was an attempt to offer something different than the same old, same old. And we do appreciate the 148 people that make it possible for do what we're doing. If you are one of those people, um, consider letting other people know that it's worth it. Uh, consider throwing a couple of bucks at us. We are uh, in a time of year when there's I'm not going to say it's a crunch, but we are going to be having to do other things to bring in income. So I will have to take attention away from some of these things, but um, some of the projects, but uh, we do appreciate the people that allow us to spend as time that we are able on Second Amendment and encouraging Second Amendment activists to be aware of each other and the potential that they have by not necessarily following the rules that are followed by people that are playing the YouTube game, but instead thinking outside the box and thinking what they can accomplish working together in 2022 at a time when our political <clears throat> adversaries have little support, little resources, no new tactics, fewer people in their ranks, and a changing environment where their old suggested concerns are not only no longer valid, but are now tone deaf and offensive to the people that they once tried to marginalize. We're living in awesome times, we have the opportunity to watch or be part of it. And I truly value those of you that decide to be part of what's next. Tonight's episode, The Ripoff. GearWebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at GearWebsites.com. Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. 
The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching gunwebsites.com. Do 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 do.